0: Good morning, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Change Your Mind. I want to welcome all our returning listeners, really appreciate your support, and a special welcome to uh, all new listeners. My name is Carl Schilling. I'm your host and facilitator in what is a journey to maximize the power of your creative mind, okay? Um, This morning, I'm going to go off the ranch a little and and come into character with my one common man character. But before we do that, I'd like to... um, mentioned that in his book, The Referral of a Lifetime, Tim Templeton tells us everyone knows 250 people. So I want to challenge you today to share 10 minutes to change your mind with everyone you know. Just tell them they can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, uh, Amazon Music. They can find us at all of the big podcast uh, platforms, wherever they get their podcasts, okay? So you'll be helping me with the mission of bringing the power of the creative mind to everyone. So this morning, uh, we're still in the midst of our Lead the Field with Earl Nightingale and some of the uh, the great, great components of what can make you successful and how you should be successful. So as you know, I'm a very, very big proponent on uh, the individual the independence of the individual, and the ability that each of us has to use our mind properly and create exactly what we want to create. Okay, so the whole idea of equality, it comes from the fact that everybody gets to the same starting line equally. They have the same opportunity, they have everything in place to start from that starting line. Now, at the end of the race, that is uh, not an equitable position at the end of the race, because at the end of the race, some people have done better than other people and has nothing, nothing. Okay. Let's get away from all this thought of it having something to do with identity, something to do with uh, color of skin, something to do with nationality or, or, or or religious um, affiliation. Those things are all exterior. The internal mechanisms are, the critical mind, the ability to think critically, analytically, create and manifest what it is you truly want by having a burning desire, and that is what differentiates people, that component, but we all have that equally, okay? So this morning, I wanted to uh, talk a little politics. I know it's usually uh, unfriendly, but it's time, I think, uh, coming into an election season to talk a little bit about politics. So let's let's start from this position right here. As a common sense, I think that critical thinking and common sense are combined together, okay? One does not seem to be able to exist without the other. So people have to, uh, if they wanna be a critical thinker, they also have to have some common sense. Now, we live in a nation that is um, a constitutional republic. Let's remember that. There's been so much talk about democracy and the end of democracy and all the hyperbole, but let's start from there. We're a constitutional republic, which is different than a democracy in that uh, it meant that the people are the are the ones who basically uh, demand and control the entire growth and everything within a system, okay? And that is a constitutional republic. Now, the government has a certain role in to provide governance, but it's because of what the people desire and what the people want, okay? So um, as, as you hear, uh, let's, let's start at a very simple idea here. Let's forget about political affiliations. Political affiliations exist because we can't have a one-party system. Now, let's step back on that. There's no such thing as a one-party system in a constitutional republic. It can't exist. Because for a one-party system to exist, that would mean the control would be within one little group of ideological uh, concerns, and that that would ultimately become totalitarianism, and it would become authoritarianism, and it would be controlled by one uh, mindset. So you can't have a one-party system. It cannot exist. So anyone who's moving towards or trying to create a one-party system, and I'm talking about both political parties now, I'm not saying one or the other. Both are dangerous. Neither can be in full control, total, total dominant control with no other say, okay? You can't have that kind of system and not see it based on human nature roll into totalitarianism. So when you hear people start to talk about the um, vitriolic hyperbole of emotional concern and fear, you start to recognize that people are moving towards a one-party system, all right? When you, when you hear the discussion about uh, the end of democracy, as we know it, unless you elect these people, you're talking about a one-party system. It's not the, that is the end of democracy, okay? As we know it, that is actually the end of democracy, So democracy is not under attack. The Constitutional Republic is not under attack. What's under attack right now is the fact that um, we've lost the consensus. We've lost the ability to have no labels. We've lost the ability for a two-party system for them to see things from a a perspective where neither is right 100% of the time, neither is wrong 100% of the time, neither can have what they want 100% of the time. And neither can give up what they want 100% of the time. There has to be a consensus. There has to be some some uh, moderation, okay, agreement. So we've moved to the far fringes now, and we have the far fringe on each side, which is a circle. It's not a straight line. It's a circle because on the fringe are people who want a one-party system. That's it. The fringe of both sides, the fringe of the right, the fringe of the left. They all want a one-party system. They all think that they're right in everything, and that they need full control. That can't happen, folks. That can never happen. So let's look at some facts, though. The real issue for for, uh, the United States and uh, its citizens is policies, political policies, economic policies, foreign uh, affair policies, okay, foreign relations. These are policy-driven issues, okay? At the end of the day, It's the policies that set the governance that move uh, us in certain directions. Now, those policies have separated from the people. The people are not controlling those policies anymore. No one's asking the people what policies they want. But the one choice that people have to control somewhat of the policy in front of them is the vote. The vote. Instead of looking at personalities, instead of looking at ideologies you should be looking at policies. Okay, what is it that is in the best benefit of you and your family? And then after that, what turns out to be the best benefit for the overall society? But it has to start with you and your family. What policies are going to work? So let's look at a couple of things. Facts. Facts. No one seems to want to deal in these facts. And the end of 2020, Q4, the fourth quarter of 2020, the facts were the economy was recovering. That's a fact. Now, I'll give you the numbers, and it has nothing to do Republican or Democrat. It has to do with policies. The policies at that point in time was $3.4 trillion was, uh, was voted on and passed in order to stimulate the economy because of the pandemic. This was through 2020. Now, most of that money had not been spent yet. So that money was still in the coffers, a lot of it, Was still in the coffers, ready to continue the economic growth. How do we know there was economic growth? Well, Q4 of 2020 showed 4.6% growth in GDP. 4.6% growth in GDP at the end of 2020. We were recovering. The inflation rate was 1.2%. We were recovering. The money was in the coffers. There was stimulus money available, still available. But we were already recovering. People were going back to work, and the economy was starting to resonate again. It was starting to rise out of the ashes. Now, new administration comes along, and instead of following policy that they could have taken credit for, they decided to become personally involved in ideology and personalities. Okay? Personalities. They hated the man who was formerly in the office of president, and they hated that person so much that they would ignore the policies that he had put in place, not his own policies, but his administration's policies. It wasn't one man who created those policies. It was a a, a group of people working together economically, fiscally, foreign policy, and all of it was driven on an uh, energy-based policy that was uh, about taking the abundance of this country and using our natural resources for our own benefit and making sure that we continue to thrive economically from our own energy policies, okay? So all the new administration had to do was simply follow along that fourth quarter. They just had to follow along the fourth quarter, and guess what? Had they just stayed the course as far as the energy policy, as far as the fiscal policy, all they had to do was follow the the, the bouncing ball and take credit for it. The economy would have come back into place. Everything would be uh, copacetic, but they couldn't do that because personalities wouldn't allow them to do that. So what do they do? First, they disrupt and totally decide to destroy the energy policy. By telling directly the oil industry that we are going to end oil as you know it no more, uh, no more fossil fuels, we're going to go into some form of a dark age, and we are going to ignore the fact that we have the most oil and the most uh, inexpensive and energy and abundance in the world. So, we're going to go to a dark age. Why? some reason believing that the climate can be saved because it's something that mankind has control over is utter bunk. It's utter bunk. Mankind's never had control over the economy. Uh, I'm sorry, the the climate. And mankind's never going to have control over the climate. Okay, what we do have is an abundance of oil and can take it out clean and inexpensive as any other place in the world. So number one, we crippled the energy. In so doing, we started to create an inflationary period. The second thing that was done, coming off of those facts, the second thing that was done was to somehow determine that 1.9 trillion more dollars needed to be thrown into the stimulus, thereby exploding inflation by creating more dollars chasing less goods. Okay? just a formula for heavy inflation. So we end up in this inflationary cycle that is not going to go away, that is uh, very, very uh, resistant, and it's going to continue as long as the energy policy stays uh, in this uh, static uh, mode, okay? And these are just now, folks, I'm just telling you, not opinions. These These are just facts. These are realities. And you can go read about economics or anything you want, and you can see the law of supply and demand. And again, the economic law is sort of like a universal law, the law of supply and demand. It's a simple law, but when you try to, um, to run around it or try to make some kind of uh, uh, new policy, it, it ends up being uh, screwed up. So really when you go now to vote, what you're really looking at is, you know, is it more important that uh, that a person could abort a baby in the ninth month or that you could put food on your table? What's more important, okay? Uh, is it more important that you could have affordable energy and actually heat your home and actually afford to put gas in your car or be in a dark age for some future uh, for some future green energy that has no existence at this point in time and has no ability to exist and and just toss trillions of dollars out of your pocket in order to go through a dark age? What's more important? So, I think that's really what's at stake here. Um, Again, we don't want one party controlling anything. We don't want one party, whether it's the Republican or Democrats, we don't want one party because one party would be a disaster. What we want is a common sense policy that says when things are going well, you should leave it alone. You should follow through on the policy. That's what we want. When things are uh, uh starting to grow back when things are coming forward. The economy prior to the pandemic was booming because of low regulations, low tax rates, and energy independence, paying and producing our own energy, not taking it from overseas, forcing all the other countries overseas to take energy from us and pay us for energy. That's why the economy was growing, pandemic came in and normally a pandemic is going to in in uh, uh impact the economy certainly but imagine had the economy not been strong imagine how bad it could have gotten from that pandemic but the strength of the economy helped during that pandemic now the proof of that was that we were actually cycling out of the pandemic, and the economic growth was coming back. 4.6% GDP at the end of the fourth quarter of 2020. That was phenomenal. 1.2% inflation, phenomenal. Two years later, we're at 8.5% inflation, constantly, uh, 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 just resistantly stuck in in, in the economy, We're at the highest gas prices, highest energy prices, going into a winter where people are going to actually have to decide whether they eat or they get heat. There's going to be some people who are going to die because they can't get heat. Now, that's not hyperbole. That's just where we are because of policy. Okay? So again, separate the emotion. Just look at it from a policy perspective. We have to stop going in the direction we're going in. The only way to do that is to uh, split the government in half, put the Republicans in the House and the Senate for now, help them to stop this from going forward, get a little bit of the reverse starting, and then ultimately, you know, balance things out. Hopefully, common sense can come where we can have a split government with with consensus, where people can agree, where nonpartisanship can survive, no labels where a Democrat can agree with a Republican and they can all vote for common sense. Now we're not there yet, but we're not gonna get there with a one party system either. I can promise you that. a One party system will not get us there and we can't keep going in the direction we're going in. So again, think of those things when you go out to vote. Think about your own pocketbook. Think about how to feed your family. Think about how to increase your income. What is it's going to work for you? in your, in your, um, personal family life. That's what you need to vote on. Not these exterior alter, uh, um, uh, uh, activist based other things. The world is not going to arrest women. If they have an abortion, it's not going to happen. Okay. Um, you know, the world is not going to, uh, uh, end by people deciding that they're going to take everyone's guns, not going to happen. Okay. Common sense prevails. The states get to determine abortion. It's, it's simple. So whatever state you live in, based on how you vote, that's for how abortion will rule. In California, there's going to be no changes in abortion in California. California is going to want to be pro-abortion. That's what they're going to do. People are going to vote for it. The government's going to solidify it, and everything's going to be fine. Other states are not going to be, maybe they don't want to be pro-abortion in other states, but that's the people's decision. It's simply a state issue. It's not a national issue. No one is nationally uh, banning abortion. So again, common sense, folks, common sense. But we need a common sense energy policy regardless. We need to start pumping oil once again. We need to start letting the oil manufacturers and the oil producers in this country know that it's a positive for them to produce. We need to let them know it's a positive for investors to invest in oil and oil production. We need to open up those uh, those those corridors again. We developed the cleanest oil in the world. Our fracking and our ability to produce clean energy is beyond anything in the world. So we are not global uh, climatists who are who are forcing uh, climate damage. We're not. Other countries are, and they're not going to stop. And it is a global deal, the climate, folks. It's not a U.S. deal. Okay? We don't have to live in the dark to validate our virtue to show the rest of the world how concerned we are about the climate. No, we need to produce clean energy. We need to find other sources of energy as they come in place, but we need to dominate in the world with oil and clean production of oil. All right. Well, I went a little overtime today, but that's one common man and that's one common man's opinion. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow. So please, again, open your mind, think critically. Uh, be creative and produce what you need to produce for you and your family. Have a great day.